The contents and views expressed by individuals in this podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. Hi everyone, I'm here at Moore Hall with Sam Gum from CIM and a stalwart of the CIM podcast series, James Farmer, also from CIM. Hello guys, how are you? Hello. Hi Ben. Good, thank you, yeah. Really good. We are asking today a very deep question, whether the future of marketing is in good hands Mm. and you have been working on the pitch and you have seen at close quarters some answers and some questions yeah i think so yeah so um just for those that don't know the pitch is our nationwide competition um designed to recognize and reward marketing talent of the future and every year we task um second and third year marketing university students up and down the country with a real life marketing challenge um, this year is set by Lidl, um, and it's around a sort of sustainability um, packaging um, challenge, which I'll just quickly read it out, actually, just for in, in, information. By 2022, Lidl's own brand plastic packaging will be reduced by 20%. How can we keep our customers informed of our commitment and progress in the lead-up to 2022, whilst helping customers to reduce their own plastic use? Um, so very much on trend um, and, and, and a key uh, subject for the target audience, second and third year uni students. Um, and what, what we've seen is just the, the, the amazing quality of entries over the years. I've been involved with it for the three... This is the written now. entries, when they first come in to CIM in the fir- at the fir- yeah, front yeah, end. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and so from a content perspective, yeah. I think um, that th- they are very, very competent. Um, and then, I guess more surprisingly, is when they actually come in and present their strategies, is the the uh, skills that they exhibit and confidence that they exhibit when presenting. And that sort of flies in the face of a more generic perception of that demographic, of, of their soft skills being sort of lacking, mm. and their communication and interpersonal skills. But... We actually don't see that, and we're, we're year on year blown out of the water by the quality of and the confidence with which they deliver their ideas. Presumably, it has something to do with the fact that they are their ideas and that they are have got through to the final. But standing in front of a you know a panel of judges is no mean feat, and um, it just it's, it bodes well, and it, and it makes us it makes us smile. But actually, so whilst we see that in the pitch. Yeah. Um, we have recently conducted a roundtable with junior marketers, which Sam was present at, where we where we sort of encountered a bit of a, a bit of an opposite trend, didn't we, Sam? Yeah, I mean, at the roundtable, we we did talk about you know getting into marketing and the career in marketing as a junior marketer, but also uh, we spoke about the fact that soft skills is a topic across all marketers, not not just those that are learning to get into the industry and those that are junior but um, the other side of that is the networking so um, in more senior marketing professionals or, or across any industry doesn't have to be marketing um, they're more likely to network however as junior marketers there wasn't a lot of networking that actually happened um, and we know that that's a soft skill that can help you you know, progress your career. And mm. from research that we've done at CIM, we also know that as you get later on in your career, people rely on the, their professional network to find out, you know, help them with the challenge, help them with their day-to-day. They they pick 
certain skill sets from other people that they know maybe they specialise in and they tap into that. Whereas as junior, if you don't build that network to start with, you might never have that eventually. Are they not networking at all or are they networking less or are they networking in a different way from the Gen X? I mean, potentially they could be networking in a different way. After after attending the roundtable, I actually, probably in a typical millennial stance, uh, started contacting everybody on LinkedIn and messaging them via there. However, I did stay at the end because I did want to properly network. But I also wonder if it's something that maybe people don't have the confidence to do or they don't even know how to. So being a digital native, as the millennial generation are, do... Do they think it's easier to do it behind closed doors, do it on a digital device, talk to them that way, rather than maybe doing it face-to-face, -face, not knowing the right questions to ask? Because not many people stayed behind to network, did they? No, not at all. Yeah, which That's was interesting. a missed opportunity. It is. And actually, one of the, one of the, one of the um, ladies that was there, one of her key takeouts from the day was actually, I wish I did this more sort of peer-to-peer -peer, wasn't it yes and like we did discuss the fact that peer-to-peer -peer learning might be more beneficial for people that don't mm. necessarily have certain skills yeah. in in other departments so it, it was a shame and I think maybe having that first opportunity might make people well realize maybe I should attend more maybe I should go to conferences maybe I should go to events my 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 notion of networking now I'm sort of fairly long in the tooth gen x 44 years old is that actually what we mean in our generation by networking is friendships that we've built up over um, you know, several years, several decades, if you like, as professionals with fellow, fellow professionals. And I think the waters have been mudded for the younger generation into something that's more like connectivity. Hmm. So I've connected with you on platform X or platform Y, therefore I'm networked with you. But actually there is no personal relationship there in some of these cases. Absolutely. And it's interesting that I think there is some opportunities being missed for junior marketers and juniors and actually in other professions as well, mm. where they can build up professional friendships, which as you say can be powerful for them later in their careers. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the definition of networking I think definitely does vary across the generations and, and the danger with doing it digitally is that as social media is testament to people don't represent the true their true selves right. online mm. they, they present a, a version of themselves a sanitised version a sanitised version of themselves or an improved version whatever it might be and actually that happens in a digital networking capacity as well and I think that nothing beats face to face um, you know uh, interaction is something that is hardwired into us as as you know humans. So I think they are missing a trick if, if if that definition version of networking is happening digitally, which I think it may well be. I think you're right um, because it's not achieving the same outcome as hanging behind after a round table yeah. does. Yeah, you know, and I think that was sort of evident. Uh, that that sort of seemed to ooze from from the people that were there on on the day. Um, but then there might be an expectation that if you stay and you network as it is, then, you know, you might be busy. You might have to go back. You might have yeah, things to exactly. do. You, you don't want to give your organisation the wrong impression that oh, I'm only going to be out for a couple of hours and then you're out much longer than that mm. at this event. Um, so I think sometimes you, 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 you feel there's a need to go back to work rather than hanging around and trying to build your network. How did we get away with it then, James? I don't know. I used to quite. I did used to hang around and have 
awkward conversations. For the benefit um, of the audience, James and I happen to be direct contemporaries, so we're in the same, yeah. exactly the same cohort. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, do, I you know, I do remember hanging around at posing tables um, with a with an alcoholic drink, mm. feeling awkward. But I, I don't know. I, I, I always, I've always been quite happy going up to strangers and talking to them. Yeah. Um, in a in a professional way. But then maybe that also goes back to confidence. Exactly. Maybe that is another soft skill that maybe that younger generation such as myself is missing. And we know that that they hide behind their, I shouldn't say hide, they use their mobile phones and they're less likely to mm. hold yeah. conversations. But is, it, is it hiding, actually? Well, it is, isn't it? You, yeah. you corrected yourself, but yeah. should you correct yourself? Well, I, I suppose in a way it is hiding because, mm. you know, you'd like to have a conversation with somebody face-to-face, you should look at them in the eye, you should try and get your point across and I think sometimes you rewrite things when you're on your phone or on a computer or whatever device to make it almost oh I shouldn't say that I can't say it that way so are are we losing almost that human side of ourselves Mm. by not not interacting and I think that's a key challenge is that when when millennials are hired for their digital nows their their profound understanding of digital touch points communications they struggle to gain traction within the business because of those lacking social skills. Um, those well-documented avoiding eye contact yes. examples. Uh, so actually, how, how much influence are they going to have within the businesses in which they're yes. employed Well, th- beyond, beyond owning the social channels, for example? In most agencies, and also on client side, most of their bosses are going to be our sort of age. Exactly. They're going to be Gen X. Who, who, they're who, used to something different. Who are craving eye contact. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at me, please. That's right, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And actually, it is important yeah. that our millennial new cohort, our young marketers, yeah. do change their agencies, do change yeah. their companies. Yeah. They've got the skills. They've got the know-how. They've got the digital... Uh, 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 acumen, but they also need to be able to move that through their business. And that's probably the harder part, isn't it? It is, exactly. It's that that what level of influence can they have? And and actually, how will they be perceived by their managers um, if they don't improve their their softer skills, which which are key to, to, to moving up into a sort of a more managerial role? Are there other th- other things we're, we're sort of heavily we're we're piling on the millennials here a little bit. There's got to be a recognition on the other side of the fence from the Gen X boss boss class, if you like, that the things that they need to do to allow that to happen. Absolutely, it's a, it's a two way street, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, of course it? it is. Yeah, like you know, the the younger generation are very keen on learning and development. They they value it a lot. And I think for organisations maybe to cut back on learning and development, which we have seen recently, that maybe that's hindering that. So they could learn those more skills, whether that's soft skills or generic core and technical skills. But yeah, I mean, we we know from a uh, survey, when prepared uh, to secure their dream job, only 29% would be willing to give up training. Right. So I think that's quite a powerful statistic that says, do you know what? Majority of people will, don't want to give up their training because they see it as a value. Mm. And I think also the 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 Gen X upwards need to have faith and 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 and, and place faith in um, the more junior marketers to um, deliver excellence when it comes, particularly to digital and even more particularly to sort of social activities. There's a I'm happy to put my hand up and 
admit to a fairly embarrassing story here at CIM where um, we've done absolutely that. You know, the, the, the sort of millennials very much run our social channels, all, yep. you know, all of them. Um, and it was something which made me a little bit anxious to begin with, if I'm honest. But it anxious, was, why? Well, just because I, in in their the number of years under their professional belts is is fairly minimal, and to yeah. put your brand in their hands in such a day to day interactive channel is quite a scary thing to do, um, because you, conversations happen with. Um, the outside world, which you just aren't privy to, and, yeah. and, and that's quite a scary position to be in. Um, but you've got to have that leap of faith, and you've got to have that um, that 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 in, that investment in them, knowing that um, it, it is something which comes naturally to them. There was a disc, there was a there was a meme that the guys created, and I saw it um, on my phone at night, and uh, made made notes of myself to come in in the morning and and sort of question. Whether it was the right thing to have sent out, Do some or telling not. off, or not telling off, just to just to gently probe and question right. as to whether um, whether it was sort of on brand. What was it? What was it? It was a it was a um, it was to promote our twenty percent discount on training courses during oh, January, yeah. which we ran throughout the, Jan- the month of Jan, and it was um, a meme showing some um, office workers dancing. Um, with the copy which said when CIM does a 20% discount on its Uh. training courses. And I've got a natural aversion to memes, possibly in general, (laughs) but particular ones that start with when. Right, yes, I know (laughs) Um, what you mean. All the time. Um, It's meant my back sort of crawl a little bit skin crawl um, but uh, anyway it came in to, to news that it was our most popular Instagram post ever so I quickly my tail quickly disappeared between my legs and I scuttled had you, scuttled away had you managed to advance your critique before you learnt no, no no I, I went in sort of blind and <laughs> Yeah. Um, so anyway, I think the moral to that story for me certainly was have faith. Yes, <laughs> have faith, but don't don't sort of just um, you know leave um, and turn to turn to, turn your back. Be that strategic support. Yeah, I, I mean, as somebody that worked on that campaign, <laughs> <laughs> um, we we were very attention. <laughs> We were very conscious of the brand, but we wanted to do it as a as a test and learn and mm. see what happens. Which is the mentality of the Which is the, the current mentality, yes. Yeah, yeah. So we were trying something new. Yes, maybe we went outside you of our comfort very zone. I do, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we went outside our comfort zone. You, you wouldn't. You don't even, you yeah. don't no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just... I'm not just... <laughs> Agreed, but I want I want you to understand that even though this was something that we did, we did it with with you know our thought was in it was in mind. We bet we had all the factors. We looked at everything and we made that decision based on an informed decision, not <laughs> not just one that we thought we'd pick out the air and see what would happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there in microcosm is a, is the <laughs> generational tension that we've yeah. somehow got to we've got we've not we've not got to remove it. We've got to exploit it. We have to exploit it absolutely. And I think so. You know, I think therein lies the future, which is which is good. Um, but it, you know, th- there's definitely an element of of sort of acceptance and and friction that lies within. And I think um, it's just making sure that we come down on the right side of that. Yeah, yeah. So what, what we talked about training, we talked about 
learning and development and is there anything else that we need to see from gen x do you think to make sure that this these these channels these sort of things can happen and there can be a, a healthy level of de debate i think it goes back to support i mean something that we talk about quite a lot here where I, you you want support from and confidence from your line manager whoever or wider remit whoever that might be that do you know what, you are doing the right thing. And even though you might know yourself, yeah, I'm doing the right thing, this is the best thing for the company, sometimes almost having those conversations to justify why you're doing it and get buy-in is just as powerful. So I think that the support network would help. You talk to, you, just to seek from that, you talk about doing the right thing. There was a, a favourite buzzword of the CIM podcast series is woke. Yeah. We use it on every single podcast near enough. Well, I don't see why this should be any different. No. Um, Greta, we get Greta in there Greta as well. Greta, get Greta, 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 we will introduce, mm. albeit briefly. Mm. Um, there was an article on CIM's Exchange, which is the free news and opinion service um, CIM uh, uh, operates, asking whether if you, you go woke, you go broke. Mm. And is one of the challenges for the new generation coming in that they are too woke? Possibly. Um, I don't know what the definition of too woke is necessarily, but um, it's there's 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 degrees of consumerism, isn't there? I think that's what really lies behind it. it yeah. You know, there was the there was the Oxfam um, campaign last September, which. Um, looked um, to drive sort of second-hand purchases, you know, I think, from memory. And then this year is supposed to be the um, no-buy year. Yeah. Um, For people who don't know, this is this is the idea that you just don't buy anything unless you absolutely need it. Absolutely. Like food and basic yeah. clothing. Yeah. And I think one woman proved that she saved 22 grand, I think, mm. right. um, by cutting back on yes. frivolous expense yeah I don't know what again the definition of that was yeah. um, but you know and, and Morag um, Morag the, the uh, editor of Catalyst who wrote the article in exchange she you know she said clearly that's not going to be replicated at a na nationwide scale in yeah. terms of cutting back but you know the 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 retail um, retail industry had its worst ever the worst for quite a few years. Christmas spend levels. The retail Gazette, I think, ran ran an interesting campaign on that. I think as a, I think as a as a woke generation, or um, you could perhaps call them sustainable natives. So they are the generation that has grown up in the face of climate change, and it's very. Um, they've never known a world in which there isn't those those sorts of discussions. I think it'll be interesting to see whether they. Um, are repelled by the marketing industry because of a, a perception, not the, but a yeah. perception yeah. that it that it sort of drives consumerism, which mm. would go against their um, sort of ethos. Um, or actually, will they see it as an opportunity, um, a sort of soapbox, so to speak, to actually raise awareness around key issues and expedite perhaps a move towards a more sustainable attitude and, and products you know if you look at the full definition of marketing it's about you know meeting needs development of products and services to meet needs and then promotion of them at profit so you the, know, the, the capitalist reality of it is that you're trying to get people to buy the things that you want them to buy yeah. and by extension not those of your competitors exactly yes. so if you if you 
if you eschew marketing as an industry altogether, you lose complete control over that. Yeah. Whereas if you become a marketer, yeah, you can you can use your work, your calling, yeah, to direct your consumers to the products and services which are sustainable, which are things that meet your values. Exactly. And the, um, a recent, I was I was on a um, sustainable management school in Switzerland. I was on, I sort of stumbled onto their website um, in in the uh, research for. In the, in the lead up to this podcast, and they had a nice stat which said that 87% of millennials believe that companies should address urgent social and environmental issues. Now, if you think about that, as, as those millennials enter the workforce, whether it's um, in house or agency side, you know, what impact is that going to have on where they choose to work? Um, and, and then actually the talent strategies that those businesses are going to have to have to attract that talent and to retain it. You know, sustainability and just a, a better approach or one which appeals to millennials, not only from a product selling perspective, but also from a talent resourcing perspective, it's going to have to be very much aligned with that, um, you know, the mentality of that generation. There's more to it, isn't there, just the wokeness and the sustainability. There's the, the actual activity and the behaviours of that generation are quite different in terms of their response to marketing to the Gen X generation. One, we were with Emily Knox on this series, on the yeah. podcast series yeah, yeah. a week or two ago. And Emily, for, for people who didn't catch that podcast, is, a, is an expert uh, in using influencers on agency side. And her, and her, one of her, her points was that uh, you know, it's a generation of ad blockers. Yeah. These, these are people that go out of their way yeah. to stop being advertised to. Yeah. And actually, what you're going to find is this, as this cohort does get to grips with uh, the industry, starts to take control of those levers, starts to get the powers it needs from Gen X to do what it wants to do, presumably the, the portfolio of marketing is going to shift pretty profoundly. I think so, yeah, because ultimately those that do the marketing um, will have a mindset which seeks out different ways on a more peer-to-peer level, you know, we know that we know from Brownwatch's latest report that peer-to-peer is still the biggest influencer on purchasing decisions. Yeah. And where do those peer-to-peer conversations happen in social? And who knows social better than anyone? Millennials. So it's this, you know, it's this sort of virtuous circle, really. Um, but ultimately, um, if, if you're bringing a, if you're if you're bringing a mentality of ad blockers into the marketing industry and your audience are ad blockers, that's going to be a really interesting evolution to to to, to how brands interact, um, and, and actually will it will that help fuel the influencer market? Do you think not, di- not without its issues itself, obviously? But do you think display advertising is doomed? I mean, we of, we often write its death warrant. We, mm. we, we've been writing its death warrant for the last fifteen years, but. Is it really? Are its days really numbered now? Well, you think so? I mean, not necessarily. Um, something that I read recently about Ovo Energy is that they're they're coming away from you know marketing that is maybe more direct, maybe that is causing waste to the environment, such as door drops, and but they're now looking at digital outdoor display, but they're doing it for renewable energy and making sure it's powered by renewable energy, I should say. So they're, they're still doing the advertising the itself, the, yeah. the electrics, is powered it's purely powered by renewables. By, yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're being more, they're still making those choices, but maybe they're being more conscious of those choices that they make. And therefore, they're only working with companies that maybe have the same morals that they do. So I think, I don't think digital or display of any kind will stop. I just think maybe as marketers, because we know what we don't like to see, maybe we'll change the messaging. Maybe we'll change 
how it's shown, whether that's through influencer marketing or whether that's shown through another format that may exist in the next two to three years. We don't know because of the pace that everything is changing so quickly. What's to say there won't be a new development then? Mm, interesting. Well, the, the, we're, we're actually sat here, I should say, on the eve of the pitch final. Mm -hmm. it's, it's tomorrow mm. that um, the pitch final takes place. And I think the, the pose of the that I set today was whether the future of marketing is in good hands. I'm guessing the answer is a yes, but there's a few caveats. Is that fair? I think so, yeah. I think um, the, the, the ability is definitely there. The fertile receptiveness of that ability, I think, is, is a bit of a prickly subject. Um, how much will the millennial, uh, the millennial generation be sort of embraced by um, the industry? Um, how will it change? Um, and I think the, the, the willingness um, to invest in that generation um, is, is absolutely paramount. Yeah, is it, is it better or just different, do you think, Sam, the future? I would, <clears throat> I'd like to say better. I would hope it would be better. But I think, you know, we, and millennials mostly have strong moral compasses. As James said earlier, we've grown up in an environment where climate change or climate emergency is becoming ever more prominent. And I just think maybe we, we do need to change and we need to be different and go with it. You're going to get the levers of power to make people as old as me to change their ways? Well, I, th I think by even understanding the younger generation. So we know that um, a stat I found that said the younger generations are the most likely demographic to tell their friends and family about a company's CSR efforts. And I think as CSR becomes ever more so important, maybe maybe that would get wider. Maybe those people would talk to their older generations, their friends, their family, and therefore they're influencing them. So as the customer needs and wants changes, those companies need to go with it and they need to embrace that change, maybe reposition themselves, whatever that might be, a sustainable strategy. Yeah, or maybe it's not a sustainable strategy. Maybe it just is strategy without the word sustainable because that's... Becomes the norm. Yeah, it just becomes the normality. Sam, James, thanks very much indeed. Cheers, thanks. Thanks, Ben. Join us next time when we ask, if negative stories sell papers, do they sell products too? CIM Podcast.